will voting machines ensure Americans against ballot stuffing? Due to a loss of control over elections we Americans are experiencing, elections with unacceptable, serious consequences. Such as, open or shut borders. Fossil fuels or renewable energy. Cost of living or inflationary currency. Voting machines or hands on deck. Unfettered mail-in voting or proof of identity. Deficit spending or zero-based budgeting. Budgetary cash basis accounting or generally accepted accounting principles. Fully funded policing or social workers. Supply lines overseas or America first. War on crime or correcting past injustices. American heroes or tear down those symbols of the past. Control misinformation or protect free speech. Manage with leadership or with fear. Protectionism or let NATO decide. Go on defense or offense. Stop Russia now or hope they, China, North Korea and Iran will stop in spite of a lack of resistance. Obviously, they're endless if allowed to squander Americans will to fight woke culture changes. Our only foundation must be our historical books and standards. Otherwise, money shall rule our society, more than it does now. Solutions aren't the focus of either political party for the long and short run. It's tear down each other then ask America to start over every four to eight years. But we can't, with the debt hanging over our heads and Congress of a mind to spend without GDP to support, dollar one billion per day on a war we don't fight and an earth we can't control. None of this makes financial or social sense regardless of common sense. Back to the original question about voting machines and software blockchain control by the technicians. We now have facial recognition software, so why not vote with your cell phone, facial recognition app, the day of the election? Then majority rules for each state will apply and the electoral college vote is instantaneous. Walla, we have a president and congress in one day, every two and four years on the second Tuesday in November, using good old reliable voting technology. No harvesting, lockboxes, endless counting and recounting and fighting over which party is in control. You say no way. This is too subject to a security software breach and the chance for cyber hacking and Russian crypto ransom ploys. Isn't that what we have now? Did Biden really win fairly? Did Trump incite a riot to change the vote? Does anyone know the truth? No, but the result is having terrible consequences. Now half of Americans want Trump back and the other half is holding its breath that it might happen. Is there a third choice, a third party? This scandal has put America on the brink of becoming a third world player in global trade and with poor leadership you have a loser running our economy over the cliff, and our society over the edge by a bankrupt backsliding republic. To what? Big brother government with the major money brokers, the brotherhood of big tech, big government unions, big social media, big pharma, big fear, big stock market controlling who are essential and who aren't essential. With both parties giving up something for that big money. It's control of the stock market, Fed, federal budget, taxation, trade, education, energy, using voting machines, harvesting votes, unsecured drop boxes perpetrating unfettered access to ballot stuffing campaigns. Both parties are susceptible to fraud, conspiracy and cheating to gain control over our natural and monetary resources. Just watch. Every election, federal, state and local will be violently contested due to a two-party, winner-take-all, system of government. Would an effective swing vote third party make a difference? 
If it stood for American capitalism and American socialism it would stand a chance by representing the biggest voting bloc, 200 million enterprising Americans who are the risk-takers and money-makers for our capital-driven GDP economy, stock market, Fed, federal budget, taxation, trade, education, energy and our national sovereignty. The American Enterprise Party swing vote does just that. The Dems and Repubs are violating the Constitution by using uni-party control of the separation of the three powers of democratic governance. The American Constitution doesn't allow or disavow political parties. Its founders did warn against the possibility of a uni-party control. The Constitution does, however outline the responsibilities for such an incident. Our freedoms are the foundation of the Constitution, based on debate of alternatives, using majority voting, tie-breaking and separation of power in both houses of Congress, the Supreme Court and the administrative body. The intent of having effective dissent for governance using legislation, advice and consent is lost with uniparty control. Nowadays nothing is bipartisan only dirt slinging between the McCoys and the Hatfields to see who can steal the mid-terms and the presidency. And in doing so violate the constituent that fulfills and dictates, by oath, their responsibilities, in pursuit of justice, rule of law, bill of rights and habitus corpus, in accountability, decentralized government with severability with each state responsible for debt and deficits using budgetary standards based on GAAP, www.usedebtclock.org. In debate and dissent, freedom of speech, in limitations on government authority, separation of church and state, in fiscal and budgetary constraint, statutory avoidance of deficits, low credit rating and debt ceiling, in a minority retort by debate and dissent, filibuster, in security of the citizens, protection of borders and policing our communities, in bipartisan resolution, reconciliation of bills, in executive orders, constraint of authority of the President and Congress, in interpretation of the Constitution for rule of law, dissent, advise and consent, the Supreme Court, in authorization of going to war, both houses approval, in election of presidents, governors, etc., voters registration and proof of identity, legislative bodies set the rules. In fair representation, electoral college, in violation of trust, term limits, instability and respect for our elders and artifacts, our decentralized, rule of law court system of precedent decisions and opinions, in rules for running for office and the authority of the men and women who file for elections, state and federal rules for elections and voting, in protecting our foreign policies to balance trade and energy production, supply line and trade agreements, in environmental controls, conservation not Green New Deal deprivation, in reinvesting in our inner cities infrastructure, private enterprise zones and opportunity zones. Dissent and tie-breaking in many more local problems, school boards, criminal justice, first responders, underprivileged communities and patrons of the arts and sciences. Our Declaration of Independence in 1776, and Constitution in 1787 at Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania provides, dissent for advise and consent, to work. Quite the documents, having lasted 226 years, with its amendments. They and the flag have been attacked and tattered, by activists and its pundits who want more progressive interpretations. Currently, evolving from two-party debate and dissent, to one-party control taking away voting security of the people, by the people, for the people. Based on the historical cycles of nations the journey from dominance to freedom, usually reverses itself in 200 years. Except our only true democracies, other than our own, 
Rome that lasted 500 years and Moreno that has lasted 1,700 years. Rome ended with the assassination of Caesar and Moreno still is the only survivor, other than America, until the Uni Party dumped Trump, the savior of the great American enterprise, and elected Pompey, Biden, and his son Hunter to sell off its laissez-faire GDP to the Ides of March. In America our democracy is in its 226th year. We have evolved from dominance by the King of England, to the Pilgrims, to a Declaration of Independence, to a democracy of 50 states, that have evolved back to dominance by uni-party control. Now, 27 states are effectively blue and 23 states are red, in theory and fact one party. Because each political party aspires to control both houses of Congress, or legislature, the Supreme Court and the Presidency or Governorship. This violates the above responsibilities of a democracy and our Constitution as amended. When this happens the necessity of a gridlock, mansion-style, a breaking swing vote third party to enforce the Constitution, is required. Then the voters need to decide if a swing vote is necessary, to sustain the Republic as a democracy. The American Enterprise Party, with the swing vote, will enforce the separation of power, in the three divisions of state and federal governance as a democratic society, the houses, the Supreme Court and the administration. Without this division the country will continue to evolve into an oligarch than a politburo. China, Russia and Iran and other communist countries, are now predicting that America will continue to move towards their philosophy of control of the many, by the few, of the few, for the few. Their most effective weapon is the imbalance of trade that has also evolved over the last 75 years, to in fact, spread the wealth to our enemies and competitors. Leaving America deep in debt and guilty of deficit spending to cover up those atrocities. With a swing vote that pulls the extremes towards the middle, common sense, in spite of productive debate, filibuster, and dissent questioning, will we do it, how we do it and who will do it? That questioning is our most valuable asset for any political party being held accountable, to answer every budgetary period, using generally accepted accounting principles, for a four-year or eight-year term. Never beyond their elected term of office as it is done now by the uni party that's in control. In my trilogy found on www.jerryroadsauthor.com, the American Enterprise Party Volume 1, covers. Why do it? Volume 2, How to do it? And Volume 3, Who will do it? The swing vote would not need to control the republic, just keep the essence of debate, dissent in the advise and consent process of the great American enterprise, a functioning constitutional government in its pursuit of free market enterprise, laissez-faire, to win the global cold trade war, with humanism and peaceful coexistence. Yes, in God we trust the three parties to pursue peace through strength with the belief that life is ours for free, but for love of country, good health and prosperity, we have to earn it from taking risk, and expecting reward from our own effort, democracy from the many to one. Using our most powerful monetary capital, with our hard-working human capital, to leverage our ideas, natural resources and ingenuity to keep America great. Is America really bankrupt or is that impossible? How in the world can the federal government perform a bailout and survive the repercussions of such an act? Supposedly America's federal government cannot file for bankruptcy. Only state and local governmental organizations can file for bankruptcy. Nothing in the American Constitution would allow the biggest enterprise in the world to quasi-reorganize its debt and pay down long-term debt with an infusion of capital and cut fixed overhead to go forward with positive cash flow. 
if so, the first target for a haircut, would be government payroll of $1.9 trillion per year, including an accrual for pensions and health care benefits. With recorded debt, for the first time since World War II, 125% of annual GDP. And due to the supply line imbalance of trade fiasco, USA loses $1 trillion per year in profit and cash flow on that level of GDP. So the next haircut will be China who cost us $3 trillion in COVID costs and we owe them $1.3 trillion in long-term debt treasuries, and down the line are also those we owe more than $1 trillion due to imbalance of trade, for example Japan $1.3 trillion, South Korea, Mexico, Canada and India another $1 trillion. Also, the taxpayers, including corporations, barely pay in enough to cover the $600 billion interest on debt of $30 trillion, $90 trillion including state and local debt, or $1 million per family, with $3 trillion interest paid annually, and unrecorded obligations, for Medicare, Medicaid, Obamacare government pensions and Social Security that are not entitlements, totaling $158 trillion per the debt clock. www.usedebtclock.org So, there will be a need for the wealthy individuals, that have been enriched by the great American enterprise, to invest in a capital offering to pay down the short-term debt of $30 trillion to a manageable level. Not a wealth tax but a 5% of net worth determined on generally accepted accounting principle as an investment in our future. Keeping the debt ceiling not more than 50% of GDP or $15 trillion. The return on the infused capital using treasuries will be at market value margins traded on the USA bond market. At 5% of national net worth, an infusion would need to be 5% of $118 trillion national net worth, or $5 trillion for working capital for paying amortized debt coming due each fiscal year. Our current and past administrations since World War II, have contributed the highest government payrolls on record, with record spending deficits, and $1 trillion per year, in imbalance of trade losses, to put us in this debt spending, insolvent position. In other words we cannot spend our way out of it or grow fast enough or long enough to fix it. Even President Trump knows this to be true, because he has filed a few times, for bankruptcy relief. With the election of Joe Biden the USA is on another spending spree of $10 trillion for the next decade. How can a sitting president obligate a decade of spending when the term limit is four years? Especially, with a Green New Deal that eliminates $3 trillion per year in energy sales, and obligates America to continue to buy fossil fuel from foreign countries, increasing the imbalance of trade, by at least $1 trillion per year. A negative impact of $4 trillion per year on our already insolvent budget. There needs to be a moratorium on deficit spending that isn't covered by GDP cash flow, and doesn't encumber future administrations with more debt. Most Americans never heard of the debt clock, or the www.openthbooks.com websites. Have you? as a discriminating taxpayer, heard of the debt clock or open the books to see what the government agencies, are spending and why most of it is generating insurmountable debt and deficits. No accountability means bankruptcy. Federal income taxes only generate $3.6 trillion per year, our GDP is $24 trillion with state property and sales taxes another $3 trillion each, or a total of $10 trillion per year. To pay for budget outlays annually of $6 trillion federal and $4 trillion state, and local interest of $600 billion, on foreign debt totaling $7 trillion, just can't ever be overcome by taxes or GDP. And trade imbalance payments of $1 trillion, 
and Medicare-slash-Medicaid of $1.2 trillion, and Social Security of $1.1 trillion, and federal pensions $304 billion, $6 trillion unfunded, and defense $725 billion and income security $1.7 trillion, and farm subsidies $264 billion, creating negative cash flow of $7 trillion per year. To understand why, who are the highest paid federal bureaucrats? Of the top 100 only two aren't employed by the VHA, that's Dr. Fauci and Dr. Garal of NIH public health officials who mismanaged the pandemic. The top five wage earners are all VHA and NIH employees, Dr. Garal $464,000, Dr. Fauci $434,000, Dr. Gibbons $422,000, Dr. Kim $420,000, Dr. Sunil $414,000, and add another $400,000 per year each to fund their pensions, 80% of three highest annual wages, and retirement health care. That's $2.5 million in annual payroll, and another $1 million in benefits, or an average of a half million per person per year. This is higher than the president and most CEOs in the private sector make and they are at risk of losing their jobs if they don't perform. All of the 100 bureaucrats have been in government their whole careers, costing the VHA and NIH budgets upwards to $200 billion per year. This is only two agencies of 115 federal agencies, and another redundant 24 state agencies times 50 states, or 1,200 state agencies costing approximately a billion per year or a total of redundancy costs, waste, of $1.2 trillion per year. By privatizing certain federal agencies and allowing the state or local agencies handle the needed services. Currently, we could cut another $1 trillion just by privatizing health and human services, Department of Education, Public and VA Health, Energy, and Environmental Services. Since, I'm a CPA by trade. These numbers have bankruptcy written all over them. On top of this Americans have $23 trillion in personal debt, and $18 trillion in mortgage debt, and $1.7 trillion student loans, and $1 trillion in credit card debt, of a total of $44 trillion, $1.5 million plus $1 million for government debt per family, or $2 million per citizen, and growing with inflation and value of the dollar falling under the current administration. Am I overreacting or what? No, I believe that our current leaders at every government level, aren't accountable for their failures in finance and economics. America is a giant enterprise not an institution, like a church or Congress. There is a day of reckoning, when there is accrued interest to pay to China, Japan, South Korea, Russia, India, Canada, Mexico, Saudi Arabia, and America has exceeded its debt ceiling of $40 trillion being deferred, now it is $22 trillion with debt of $31 trillion. With GDP of $24 trillion or 125% of debt of $30 trillion. Will government shut down and the dominoes start to fall? I hope not, but hope has no bearing on demand for payment. Only BK stops the foreclosure clock. So what can we the enterprising Americans do, if the Constitution doesn't allow this type of reorganization? The Congress will have to amend the Constitution, to save the great American enterprise. What if a gridlocked Congress won't do that, that's why we need the swing vote of the third party. The American Enterprise Party. You will find the solution to this hopeless situation, that took 75 years of mismanagement by both parties to develop, and can happen quickly after the creditors realize that America can't pay its bills, 
in the American Enterprise Party trilogy that proposes to drain the swamp and kill the woke alligators. Volume 1. Propose a swing vote first step to recovery of our reputation, and why a swing vote will work by pulling the extremes of the two parties towards the middle, where the majority of Americans want us to be, then we have accountability for problem solving. Volume 2, is how do you do it with the plan of quasi-reorganization to defer current payments, failing policies and reduce obligations, so the country can continue to conduct business. Also, the need of operating capital is essential that those that have made excessive wealth be required to invest in 30-year treasuries for use in amortizing long-term debt funding as we go, using accrual gap accounting, for Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and Obamacare. And require that all government pensions be funded by 410.K savings plans for all governmental employees with a matching as earned by employee performance standards. The same method that the private sector uses to fund employee merit pensions plans. As a result, all governmental record keeping will be based on accrual accounting using GAAP for budgeting and financial reporting. And Volume 3 proposes that we restore the American work ethic, with patriotism and humanism in the workplace, so the monetary capitalist learns to share, and the human capitalist learns to earn, and provides a skill to bill, on time every time. Its quality is our strength and sharing in the profit is our creed, for peaceful coexistence our organizational commitment is to our voters. The American Enterprise Party Trilogy is on sale at bookstores, upon request, Amazon, Kindle and my websites, www.jerryroadsauthor.com and www.americanenterprisepoliticalparty.org.